Mark eleven twenty three. Now, before I read this, as I was driving to church this morning, I was thinking about what's going to happen in this service today and what it's going to do for your future. Do you ever sense opposition to going to church? Anybody ever felt like they had to press through flesh that said, I don't want to go, or obstacles, or, or just weird thoughts? One reason is because the enemy knows that if we'll hear the word we're supposed to hear, we're going to be equipped to overcome everything the enemy throws our way. We're not a church that wants to entertain people. And if you get entertained, that's just a side benefit. We're here to equip you to overcome life's challenges, to have power when you meet a mountain that you can't move in your own power. We're here to help you. And you need to know every time you come to church, you're getting equipped Whether you feel like it or not, something's going to come up from the inside of you next time a storm comes your way between Sundays. And you're going to have something because you went to church that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't gone to church. Something's going to come up in you, an answer, a thought, supernatural strength. Something's going to happen. So I just want you to realize you're getting more than you feel like you're getting right now. There's a lot happening in the invisible realm in your heart so that next time a storm comes, you're not going to go down. Something is going to be inside of you because you deposit it. Can't withdraw on anything you didn't deposit. But if it's in there, it'll come out when it needs to come out. I like to tell the people a lot in the church here that the most important thing that happens in regular church attendance is not necessarily what happens in the service, but it's what's developed in you over time. Everybody goes through challenges. The evil day comes to everybody. And the big deal is not being prepared. There's no evil day that can destroy a child of God. There's no evil day that can take us out. Are you listening? If we're prepared. And so you're being prepared today. So just tell your neighbor you're being prepared today. Now, in Mark chapter 11, let's read verse 23. This is kind of where we left off um, yeah, uh, last week, we're talking about it's going to get better. That was a good place to shout and dance and sing. And <laughs> now, if you really believe it, you get excited about it. Amen. It's going to get better. I'm telling you, as the pastor of this church, the Lord told me to tell you it's going to get better. One reason I can tell you it's going to get better is because you're here today. The Bible says if we will look to the Lord good things will begin to happen in our life. We talked about that last week. You don't have time to go to it all right now. If you're looking to the Lord, good things are happening or the Lord lied. And he didn't lie. Come on, I mean, Jesus said if we'll continue in his word, which is what we're doing right now, we're going to know the truth and the truth is going to make us free. Does that sound good? Not just the truth on the nightstand. Knowing the truth will make you free. For one reason, it'll cause you to discern the lies of the devil and go, that was a lie. That's not true. You push that out of your life and freedom comes. So look here in Mark 11 and verse 23. Now, I personally and probably a lot of other people would think this is a crazy thing if the Lord hadn't said it. But since he said it, it ain't crazy. It goes over a lot of people's heads. A lot of people don't like to stop at this verse. They don't want to study this verse because it just goes right over their head. These are the words of the master, the head of the church. 
And he's actually teaching us in this verse, if you're a Christian, he's teaching us in this verse how to get results like our Father gets results in this area of overcoming things or, or, you know, seeing darkness back off from your life. So you got your seatbelt fastened? Y'all ready here? Jesus is saying this to whosoever, not just disciples, not just apostles, not just pastors. He said truly, he said truly because he he knows your head was going to have a hard time with this. (laughs) Truly I say to you that whosoever, say I'm a whosoever, whosoever shall say, so if you want things to get better in your life, you have to check up on what you're saying because this works, works in the negative too. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, mountain, now whether that's a tumor in your body or or fear that's been bugging you for years or depression that's seemingly running your family or whatever you know God wants out of your life. How many of you know you don't just always pray to God about things? Sometimes you have to speak to those things. You say, well, that's crazy. I'd think that too if the Lord didn't say it. Just let me remind you real quick. The whole universe came into existence because our Father God said something. How did He get results? He believed and He spoke. And light came on the scene 186,000 miles a second. The whole universe was swung into existence. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I, I think it was a Big Bang theory. Well, there might have been a Big Bang, but it happened because God said something. And he said, Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, why is he telling his disciples this? Because he knew we'd have challenges in life. We'd have mountains. The enemy would try to attack us. Demon powers would try to harass you at times. And he's trying to tell you how to get results supernaturally. And don't don't freak out if you don't get it all today. Just keep coming back. You'll learn these things. We're all developing in these things. Whoever says to this mountain, or we could say obstacle or problem in your life, mountain, you be removed and you be cast into the sea. And if this person shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever God wants him to have. No, he will have whatever he says. Now, whatever you say needs to be in line with the word of God, but you have to release your faith. Having faith doesn't mean you're using faith. One of the best ways to release that power on the inside of you called faith that can actually change things is with your words. And this is why you have to watch out about speaking things out of fear. Because it even works in that area. Fear is negative faith. It's believing something bad is going to happen. Faith is believing something Good or God is going to happen. And the enemy knows if he can get you and I to use our faith against ourselves, that's powerful stuff. The Lord didn't say fear not just because he wanted to comfort us. He said fear not because living a life of fear is not safe. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of has happened unto me. Interesting insight into one of the reasons the hedge was broken. The protection around Job. 
The thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has happened unto me. So you want to watch out about fear, and you want to watch out about talking your fears. Feeling afraid is not that big a deal. But acting afraid and talking afraid, huge deal. Sometimes you have to go like this. Why? Because you don't want to release your fears, do you? You want to release your faith in what God said. You know, a sign of spiritual maturity is you learn to talk right. And you have to realize that it, we're not called just to talk about everything that's happening. A lot of times talking about things that are happening is being PR for the devil. He's doing a lot of junk in this world. I don't want to be his PR guy, do you? Public relations guy? I want to voice the word of the Lord. There's some things people keep enforcing in their life, not realizing they could change some of those things. It may not happen immediately. It may happen by degree. But by degree is still better than nothing. Did you know a little bit of improvement every day in your health equals total health sometime down the road? Believe where you're at. I mean, if you can't believe for the whole thing, believe to get a little better every day. See, we're not talking about pretending and wishing. We're talking about really believing something in your heart. You know God wants you to have because you've been in His will, His Word. And you're standing on His Word in the midst of adverse circumstances. And if you hold your ground, you'll see results. You can't not get better if you do these things. (laughs) Do you like my English there? You can't not get better if you do these things. So he said, if you, if, you, if you believe a thing in your heart and you say it with your mouth and you don't go back and forth with your confession, but you stay on something long enough, you eventually are going to have whatever you say. So I say, make sure your confession is in line with God's will for your life, which is healing and deliverance and strength and prosperity. These things are for everybody. Now, not everybody is for them, And they won't see much, but these things are for everybody. And it takes a while to learn these things, because we grew up in a world that says totally the opposite of what I'm teaching to you today. As a matter of fact, there's a very small percentage of people on this planet that believe what I'm saying to you, including church people. A lot of people don't want to dig into this scripture. They don't want to even think about this scripture. Oh, Jesus didn't say, really, we could move mountains. He said, truly, I say to you, child of God... Now, if our father could create mountains, maybe his children, if need be, could move a mountain. Will you ever need to move a mountain in this life? I doubt it. But isn't it good to know you got the power if you ever did? And if you could move something that big, maybe you can move something smaller than that in your body. Hmm? In your soul. Things that have been bothering you. Do you realize things obey words? Now, who are you? If you're a Christian, who are you? Somebody tell me, who are you? You're a child of God. You're the offspring of God. Why would this be weird to think we could change some things with our faith and our words if that's how our Father created everything? There's some of our Father God in us. Are you listening? People get, they, I know some people get into a ditch and say, oh, let's just go move mountains. You can't move no mountain unless you have a love reason and a leading of the Holy Spirit. Right? But it doesn't, it doesn't mean everything's up to God either. Jesus is putting responsibility in whosoever's court here. 
It doesn't say one thing about God doing something for you. It talks about Him backing us up and doing something. It's talking about using what He's, he's invested in us. Yes. He gave you faith for a reason. Yes. It's likened unto a shield. You use a shield if you want benefits from the shield. People have thought faith is just as passive, kick back, case, sirrah, 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 whatever will be, will be. That is not what he's talking about here. He's talking about using the faith God gave you. Learning to believe with your heart and say with your mouth and actually see some good changes in your life. Say, I think that's crazy. Well, talk to the Lord about it. I didn't write it. I'm repeating it. I'm the delivery boy, not the creator of these words. This is, this is important stuff. We have seen supernatural, victorious results in our life, and a lot of you have too, by doing the scripture right here. I want to say in the next verse, you don't have to read it, but the next verse talks about getting help from God through praying. This verse talks about getting the help of God through saying. And I found out that even if you pray a good prayer, you can abort that prayer. Do you know how? Praying a good prayer and saying, thank you, Jesus, for my healing or my blessing or helping me get out of debt. And then the next day, talking like, what are we going to do? We're going down. We're never going to make it. What are you doing? You are killing a good prayer with this verse working for you in the negative. You are now believing and saying something that's killing your prayer instead of believing and saying something that's supporting your prayer. You know, we, when we had Wednesday night prayer, it's shifted now to 9 o'clock Sunday morning. The Lord gave us this phrase and we said it over and over and over again. When you pray a prayer, after you say amen, talk like your prayer is working come Hell, high water, whatever comes, you talk like your prayer's working or you'll start to abort a good prayer. The enemy knows if I can stir up some circumstances and get them talking like their prayer didn't work, they can destroy their own good prayer. Many times I've had to say, Lord, forgive me for what I just said. And I got back in the faith and I, and I kept up right where I left off. How many people do you know ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me for saying things against your word. Do you need to be aware of it? If you want to see powerful results in your life, you have to start monitoring more closely what's coming out of your mouth, child of God. You have to monitor what you're believing and what you're saying a little more closely. Solomon said, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it are going to eat the fruit thereof. Everybody say fruit. Fruit. Your words produce fruit. Produce section, right? Your words produce things in your life over time. How many glad if you've been producing wrong things, you can just stop that. Pray for a crop failure and start planting good seeds and see really good things in your life. Now, I want to show you a little video here. This is um, Zona Hayes, the daughter of Norval Hayes. Norval Hayes is a teacher of the word that I sat under for a long time. He preached at camp meeting with John Osteen at Brother Hagen's with Fred Price and John Osteen, Joe's, Joe's dad. And, uh, but Norval would preach at these same camp meetings and just a very multi-million dollar businessman who had the teaching gift on him. So he would teach everywhere between all his seven, ten businesses or whatever. And... Uh, I want to show you an interesting testimony of Norville, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Zona Hayes. They're both in heaven now. 
But this is really interesting because he got a miracle for his daughter by what I'm teaching you right now. So I just want you to hear a, a real life testimony of a really kind of a spectacular healing. And I preach this a lot and I'll say a few words about it when it's over. It's like four minutes long. So go ahead and roll this. This is Zona Hayes talking about her daddy, Norval Hayes, ministering to her and getting her healed of this certain disease. Just check this out. I think you'll like it. One night I came in after visiting my dad in the hotel and I told my mother, I said, it's not that I don't love you, but my dad needs me. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I want to live with my dad because I want him to take me to Cleveland, Tennessee and raise me so I can play with my cousin. And so the next day she had my clothes ready and we left. Now, as a teenager, uh, she had something awful happen to, to her. She had 42 growths all over her body. And she'd go to the doctor. The doctor would cut it off. Uh, and then they'd grow right back. So her father, being a pragmatic businessman, Norval Hayes, uh, he says, I'm not taking you to the doctor anymore. Uh, that, that made you even angrier. Then Kenneth Hagen gave him a thought. What did Kenneth Hagen tell him? Well, Kenneth Hagen told him, he said, um, I hear that Zona's got dad problems. And my dad looked at me and Kenneth Hagen said, my dad said, well, she's wanting me to take and get those growths cut off. And they all come back and bring their cousins with them. <laughs> and so there was 42 growths on my body. And Kenneth Hagen said, oh, normal. I can curse those growths just like Jesus did the fig tree. And they'll die and disappear. But, but he then went to a meeting. He didn't curse the growths. And your father's getting desperate. He's praying for all he's worth. And he gets taken to heaven. <laughs> what, what happened in heaven? God spoke to him in an audible voice and he said, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? My dad said, what do you mean? They're not on my body, they're on her body. He said, you're the head of your house. What goes on in your house, if it's not victory, is your fault. And so he, cursed, he, uh, he said, you curse those growths in my name, just like I did the fig tree, and they'll die and disappear if you will believe and not doubt, son. So my dad came back in his body, came in the living room. I was sitting with my boyfriend on the couch and he put his hands on my knees and he cursed those growths at the root in Jesus' name and commanded them to disappear. And he, said, he asked my boyfriend, he said, do you believe in not doubt, son? And he went, yeah, whatever you say, Mr. Hayes, whatever you say. I don't blame him. You know, <laughs> what are you going to say? And so anyway, my dad liked to drove me nuts. For about six, well, it's about six what months. What was he doing for six months? How was he praying for you and how often? He wasn't praying for me at all. He was confessing a hundred times a day and they weren't going anywhere. And he was, he was driving my mind. So I met him in the hall one day and I said, look, Dad, you're about to drive me nuts. I said, look, these girls, they have not disappeared. He said, he, he said I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing, and he danced around only like my dad could. He snapped his fingers and made a twirl, and he said, they don't have no choice. They have to die and disappear. Thank you, Lord, for removing the growths off my daughter's body. And at the end of 90 days, what happens? I was a sophomore in high school, and I came in, and I was changing out my dresses. Sister Hagen had taught me how to sort my clothes out because I didn't have a mother, and she did. And so I was putting my spring, winter, summer, and fall clothes together. And so I'd reach up and I'd get a dress and I'd see those growths and I'd put the dress on the bed. And I'd reach up and I'd put the dress on the bed. About the sixth time of me reaching up, they were gone. They're gone. Well, it scared me. 
42? All of them were gone. What, 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 what effect did that have on you when they were well, all gone? Well, I just about, I, I liked to pass out. I looked everywhere for them and I ran out of the room <laughs> and my dad met me and I said, Dad, Dad, look, 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 your ghosts are gone, they're gone, they're gone. And he, I said, Dad, I don't even, I don't even let anybody know I'm a Christian at school because I want to be popular. I said, but you work for God, I don't do nothing and you mean he loves me this much to remove 42 groves and I don't even work for him? And the Spirit of God came on us, and I'm telling you, it was a glorious time. Wow. <laughs> Is that cool or what? So let me, let me tell you how Norval tells the story real quick here. He said that he was walking in his room, praying for like three hours, just saying, Lord, what's going on with this? Is this your will or what's going on? He said he walked into a white cloud. And he said he heard the voice of the Lord. And this is how he said the Lord talked to him. Now, if you really know the Lord, he'll relate to you where you're at in life. He'll talk to you in a way you can understand him. He said he was out of his body. And he said he, said he heard the Lord say, just like this, How long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? If you will curse them in my name, they will die like I curse the fig tree if you believe and doubt not. <laughs> And he did what the Lord told him. And they saw a miracle. I, I say that to preface what I'm going to say right here. We live in life at the level we're willing to put up with. I know this is a little high this morning for a Sunday morning, but I do believe we need to release it at times. We don't camp here forever at times, but at least hopefully it's provoking your thinking to get in the word and realize you are not, you are not made to be run over in life. You are actually made to rule and reign over all these forces and powers that are trying to hurt us. Yes. I know this sometimes people think this is way out there, but I didn't write it. Remember, the Lord said this. Right. Super important stuff. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. That's God the Father talking to God the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our own image. Do you have that one up there? And after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Yes. Everybody say dominion. dominion. You and I were originally created to have dominion. Nothing in this earth realm was supposed to trample us. Nothing in this earth realm originally was supposed to knock us out. We were supposed to be the ones that had dominion. Adam had dominion. He didn't use it when the serpent beguiled his wife. He should have said, Eve, you're coming with me. We rebuke this dumb serpent and we are not eating of the tree God told us not to eat of. Father knows best, right? But he didn't. And the dominion wasn't exercised and he didn't see the results. I actually, as I was praying about this, even last night, about the title for the message, it actually again came from John Osteen. He had preached the message when I was going through some of the darkest times of my life, right after I got saved, I was still getting free from all the stuff in my past. And he preached the message entitled, Exercising Your Authority. I listened to that tape. Anybody remember cassette tapes? <laughs> you just dated yourself. That's all right. And I listened to it probably 20 times. And I got totally set free from all kinds of stuff by listening to a tape. <laughs> Well, it wasn't just a tape. It was the word of the Lord. Yeah. 
exactly what I needed at the time, and I got totally delivered. Well, God's no respecter of persons. What are you going through today? You say, well, Pastor, I'm going through all kinds of stuff. Well, that's really good because that means you're not staying in it. To say I'm going through something is not a bad confession. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You, you're, we all go through stuff. And the good news is we're getting to the other side. We're going to see victory. It's happening in Jesus name. And I think a lot of people, they need to get a revelation that you're made in the image and likeness of God. This whole evolution thing is such a lie of the devil. And it's so degrading to you and your children in school. Evolution is a degrading thing. Very degrading. You and I are made in the image and likeness of God. Man has not evolved. Man has devolved into the state he's in today from where Adam was walking with God in the cool of the day 6,000 years ago. Are you kidding me? You look at man today and the, 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 in his state from walking with God in the cool of the day, naming all the stars, naming the planets, walking with God, talk to where man is today. That's not evolution. That's devolving. But the Lord came and he lifted us back up. And when you receive the Lord, he lifts you back up to that place that Adam had a right to. And you are no longer a victim. You are now a victor in Christ Jesus. So turn to Luke 10 real quick. And then I want to share a couple things with you before we close. Practical things. In Luke chapter 10. In verse 19, this is really interesting here. Jesus, and again, if Jesus didn't say it, you'd think this was crazy. How many think once in a while we need to look at these scriptures and realize the Lord's not crazy. And even though I don't understand everything about it, I'm going to start learning more. He said to all of his followers, that includes you and I, this was not just to the 12 disciples, this was to all of his followers, he said, behold, in other words, check it out, guys. I have, I give unto you power. Say this, I got some power. The Greek word is exousia. It actually is interpreted authority. Like a policeman has authority to stop traffic without, you know, a tank. Just hold his hand up and people stop, Right. Well, the Bible says Jesus has given us authority to tread. So it looks like we're going to have to do something with this authority. To tread on serpents and scorpions, figurative of powers of darkness. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means. See, the enemy works through means. A lot of times people only deal with means. How many know once in a while you just might need to rebuke the source? Always dealing with the natural means and never getting to the root of the problem. He said, he talks about the enemy here and he talks about the enemy working through means to hurt you. Who has the authority to do something about this enemy? Huh? 
Who has the authority to do something about this? And we do. You and I have power. We have authority. The Lord gave it to us. And he expects us to learn about it and use it. Oh, come on. Do you see this, church? The word power is exousia and it means authority. It's just like a policeman. A policeman does not have to call up the chief of police to stop traffic or make an arrest. He has the authority to do it himself. And that's what the Lord's teaching in these verses. We have some power. Let's wake up to it. You don't have to work up to it. The Lord gave it to you. Wake up to it and start using it. And how do we use it? Well, you find promises that that you know are, are directly over the problem. Find promises. Attack the problems with the promises. Speak, child of God. Release your faith. The Bible didn't say talk to God about the mountain and cry to God about the mountain. It said whosoever shall say to the mountain. And whatever, if it's fear, if fear is bothering you, put your foot down and say, fear, I resist you in Jesus' name. I refuse to fear. It works. Say, oh, pastor, that stuff doesn't work. You're too late. We've already seen miracle after miracle and victory after victory in our lives, in the church and in other people in the church. It works. I want to encourage you guys. I'm going to show you one more scripture in James chapter four. I encourage you to not just let things happen to you. You're a child of God. You can pray. You can speak. You can believe God's word. You can use your authority. Right? Am I doing okay? This is life. Go ahead. What's that? See, and we didn't even talk about this. Carla says she taught all these same things in prayer this morning. If you were in prayer, you heard that. Isn't that wild? The Lord knew what we needed to hear today. So... Where did I say go, James 4? Hmm, 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 So James 4 in verse 7. James is talking to believers. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, believer. Which is always first, right? Well, what if you're doing that? What if you're living your life for the Lord? Best you know how. What if you're, well, then the next part of the verse works for you. Now you're in a position, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, James is saying here that we have an adversary, just like Peter said, who goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. But here's what you got to realize. This is not just waiting for a being to appear to you with horns, pointed tail and a pitchfork. Oh, now I need to start resisting. No, he comes as an angel of light. Are you kidding me? He comes disguised as the Lord, saying this is from God and brings you these packages and they're not from God at all. But if you're not in the word, if you're not hearing the truth, you're not going to know what's from God and what's the enemy saying is from God. Jesus, I like the dividing line of the Bible. John 10, 10. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Anything that falls in the stealing category, something trying to steal your health, something trying to steal your peace, these things are for God's people. Something trying to steal your joy, something trying to steal your money. 
It's, it's what you need to resist. That's right. Deal with anything you got to deal with in the natural. Take medicine, whatever. But don't forget to rebuke, right, what needs rebuked. Yeah. Jesus rebuked the winds and the wave one day and there was a great calm and nobody died in the storm. And then he says, hey, you that believe in me, the works I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. One day Jesus was standing over Peter's uh, mother-in-law. She was delirious with a great fever. Luke said, the physician, and it said the Lord didn't even pray. He said he rebuked the fever and the fever left her and she arose and served him. Wow. And then he tells us, hey, you that believe on me, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. Here's what I sense the Lord wanted me to tell you today. There's some people that need to put their foot down and address something that's coming against your life. And just declare, I'm not putting up with you anymore. I'm not putting up with this thing that Jesus Christ redeemed me from. I'm not putting up with this. Get an attitude about it. It said we having the same spirit of faith as David and Joshua. We, we get results by believing and saying just like they did. David never once called Goliath a giant. God never once said, oh, it's sure dark out here. They just spoke the word and it overrode those things and they won a victory. God created the universe when there was darkness everywhere. Goliath was killed by David, a 16-year-old teenager, because of using these same principles. If you've got a problem in your body, I want to encourage you. Do what the Lord said. Speak to it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Why not? So, well, Pastor, I think it's weird to speak to things. Let me tell you what Romans 8.31 says. And Lucas will put this on the screen. But Romans 8.31, the Bible says, What shall we then say to these things? If, what should you say? This is what you should say. If God be for me, who can be against me? That's right. what, what shall we say to these things? Yeah. In the previous verses, he's talking about death and destruction, all kinds of weird stuff. What shall we say to these things? What are you saying to the things in your life that are not the will of God, that are trying to bring you into bondage and fear and all? What are you saying to those things? God's for me. You can't be against me. I overcome. I win. By his stripes I was healed. My God shall supply all my need. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Jesus had to quote scripture when the enemy came against him. You think you're going to have to do any less? He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the devil left him. And angels came and ministered to him. And he returned in the power of the Spirit. Right on the other side of every victory, there's power to help other people. Your calling is in your conquering. Whatever you conquer, you now you're in a position to help other people in that same area. Are you guys getting this? It's going to get better if you learn to put your foot down and get an attitude about it and say, disease, I rebuke you. Why don't you stand up with me? If you believe what the Lord said, let's just let's say something right now before we're dismissed. You know what's coming against you. You're, it's your life. I don't know everything that's coming against you unless you tell me. There's things that come. I had something attack me yesterday. It was not fun at all. And I had to, I, I, you know, I just got mad at it. I just said, I just looked that thing in the, it was vertigo. This vertigo thing tried to hit me yesterday. And I'd been set free from that years ago. And I knew it was a counterattack. And I knew enough to know that I was healed years ago. And this was just a counterattack. Come on. 
I remember I just said, I lied flat on my back in my office floor. And then the whole room was starting to spin. I said, no, in Jesus' name. You see, in Jesus' name is the key. When you say in Jesus' name, all heaven goes, what? What do you want? When you say in the name of Jesus, all heaven is ready to release power. But you got to believe it. Have an attitude about it. And I said, no, 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 in Jesus' name. And I just started thanking God for healing. And I woke up this morning feeling great. I went to bed feeling well, too. So I, you, this is not just for preachers. So just say this right now. Problems, Problems in my life. I'm not afraid of you. Now, if it's a sickness or a disease or a fear or oppression or depression or money problems or children problems, whatever it's coming against you, habits, addictions, just say this. Problems, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You will not destroy me or my family. Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I will not yield to you. I rebuke and resist every pain, every cause of every pain. I rebuke every disease. I rebuke fear. I resist depression. I say no. No, no, no. In Jesus' name, I will not give up. The Lord is my strength. I can't fail. Because God can't lie. I'm a winner. I'm an overcomer. I'm a blessing. Going somewhere to bless. Jesus is my Lord. I am free, free, free. Amen. Ha <laughs> ha.